0: It is 8.07. Rise and shine. I know. You're already up. You're pumped up. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelers, where the answer is always yes. Well, all the issues that we've been talking about, or most of them anyway, this morning, we're going to address those right now anyway with Congresswoman Kat Kamick. Congresswoman, good morning. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Bob?
0: Fantastic. We look forward to uh, seeing you tonight. Uh, Black tie, blue jeans. Hanging out with the Gov. The governor. Yep, <laughs> should be a good time. Hey, let's get right to it. Um, President Biden drawing down on the strategic reserves. Many yes. Republicans have been outspoken. This doesn't, you know, this doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. It could leave us vulnerable. Lowest supply since 1984. Found out China has more in reserve than we do. I guess I'm asking you, other than what we know, what's going on?
1: Well, um, I think it was said best yesterday or the day before. You know, we've seen that the drawing down on the strategic petroleum reserve does nothing really in the way of bringing down gas prices. It just makes us more vulnerable and is, is really a scary prospect, as you see Biden going around the world begging people like the Saudis to increase production while simultaneously blocking domestic production here at home. So as you said, 1984 is when it, the last time it was this low. I liken this to not the strategic petroleum reserve, but the strategic political reserve and he has gone as far as he possibly can to try to salvage these midterm elections and so he's thinking that he can use this as a political win but people are not dumb they see this doesn't matter where you are in america today and quite frankly it doesn't matter your party affiliation you're at the gas pump these days you're paying more today under biden than you were under trump things are worse not better and people will vote as such So he's using our national security and playing games with it and and thinking that this is going to score him political points. But we see right through it. I think every day people see through it. And even his own press secretary is is so shaken by people questioning this move um, that she just can't even answer it anymore.
0: All right. So uh, taking things to Russia, Ukraine, um, I thought I saw a positive light exchange of female POWs. I think it was about approximately 100 on each side. I thought that that... Maybe it was a step in the right direction. So two questions. How much more money are we willing to spend in Ukraine? And has Biden laid out any kind of a plan for possible peace talks?
1: No, you know, it, and it's no secret where I'm at on this, Bob. You know, I, I voted against the $40 billion. I voted against the additional $12 billion. I I continue to, to stand in opposition to the fact that we have all these problems here at home, and the Biden administration does absolutely nothing to address it while simultaneously funding this, this war abroad. So um, the thing that I come back to is that there's no amount of money that the United States can spend to make up for strategy and a coalition that is willing to take this behemoth of, of a fight on. This is going to require diplomacy, additional deterrence, uh, a litany of things that, quite frankly, if America is weak, we are not in a position to help and we are the weakest that we have been, um, in a long time under Biden. So I don't think there's a magic dollar figure that, that is going to save, um, you know, to put a pump the brakes on this war. I think that the more that we fund it, the longer and protracted it will be because we're just spending without a strategy. And that is in part why I've opposed all this spending. Um, so I, I think that there's, a very serious family discussion that's going to be had in Washington when Republicans take over because we cannot do what we've been seeing for the last two years, which is, Oh, if we throw more money at the problem, it'll go away. That doesn't work that way. And there's been no war termination strategy or plan put forward. They don't know what winning looks like. And uh, certainly for a guy that takes his cues from the Easter bunny Biden has no idea how to implement a strategy or a plan and i don't trust his folks to do so so it's going to take a very strong congress to step in and and course correct on this
0: let's go to the other border the one that joe biden says is secure um Jeez. we've got uh, record fentanyl deaths a lot of these things are hitting home another article came out um uh, fentanyl i think it was dr oz who said it uh, fentanyl's easier to get than baby formula under the Biden administration. So, look, I don't know how much breath we want to waste on the border. We know Biden will do nothing about it. But I know you have been all over the issue. You've been trying to tell people about it. And there are some changes, something about volunteers going to the border.
1: Yeah. You know, I think this is is really important to talk about because the Biden administration said the quiet part out loud. They admitted to the border crisis without saying it. Because now they have put out a DOD-wide all-call for volunteers to go to the border and to do menial tasks. And when I say menial, it is actually their language, not mine. And do things at the processing centers because they are so overwhelmed that they don't have the workforce to handle it. So they've actually asked our military to volunteer to go to the border and do pharmacy runs manage illegals property, wash their clothes, and to do um, uh, cleaning of the refrigerators out of the different pods.
0: What an insult.
1: I it, it is the most unacceptable, absolutely outrageous thing that I've seen and heard in a long time. And They say in the documentation from the Homeland Security Department that all you need is a willingness to serve. No experience required if you, you know, on cleaning toilets and cleaning out refrigerators, just a willingness to serve. And I just think that is absolute BS. They want these men and women in uniform to serve Biden's political agenda. That's what they're about. It is not about serving people. It's about the political agenda, and that's why we're going to stop it. Bob, you know how fired up I get about the border. Um, But it's impacting us here at home. It's here in Gainesville. It's in Marion County. It's in Putnam. It's in Columbia. We are being affected by the open border policy. That's why we've got to stop it, secure the border.
0: Yeah, I was always afraid like, uh, you know, a dirty bomb. But uh, a dirty bomb bomb wouldn't kill 70,000 people, but fentanyl sure has.
1: Yeah. I mean, just last year, 108,000 people died now the number one killer of people between the ages of 18 and 45 and when i point that out to my colleagues on the left i say it's not climate change not covid it is fentanyl and they have stopped our bill uh i think eight times at this point eight times they have stopped the halt fentanyl act from passing the house of representatives which would make it a uh, permanent schedule one drug it would toughen the penalties it would go after dealers and smugglers um, for, for homicide, for all these overdoses, and the left has done nothing. In fact, they have gone so far as to block us taking this mm-hmm. issue on. And I mean, we saw just a couple days ago a, a toddler in Interlock in Florida. Her mom gave her candy that was laced with fentanyl, and paramedics had to revive her child. This is happening everywhere. It is absolutely unacceptable. And I tell you what, if, there's, if there is only three things that Republicans get done, securing the damn border is going to be one of them. The first one is going to be firing 87,000 IRS agents.
0: There you go. That's what I was going to ask. So you're giving me two things. Any other specific things that you think the Republicans will jump on uh, after winning in the midterms?
1: Uh, immediately we're going to restart all domestic production of our energy. We are an energy economy without our own independent sources that we control. We are beholden to our adversaries overseas. So I, I would tell you right at the gate, first order of business, fire those 87,000 IRS agents. Second order of business, secure the border. And three, we're getting this economy back on track, starting with our domestic energy production. It really is manageable. It is something we can do, and we're going to get it done.
0: All right. And uh, Governor DeSantis or Donald Trump, who's going to run?
1: Ooh, I you know, I, I'm not sure who is going to run, but I will tell you that no matter what, I think it's going to be a Floridian who is the next president of the United States. And I would be thrilled with either either one of them. They're both great guys and fantastic leaders.
0: So you're saying it could be Marco Rubio?
1: <laughs> it could. It could. It could be Rick Scott. It's going to be a Florida. Oh, mark go. my words. So you're saying there's a chance.
0: <laughs> yes. Hey, we're just uh, we're having a little bit of fun because, you know, the news of the day is usually not that happy, but it's always a bright spot to get to speak with you. Uh, Kat Kamick, our congresswoman in D.C., thanks so much for what you do. Keep fighting a good fight.
1: Thank you, fellas. Have a great day. We'll see you
0: tonight. Sounds great. Oh, yeah. All right. It is 816 on the Bob Rose Show. Greg Cassidy is in the house and Kamala, Kamala, she's going to reformulate herself. She's got a new speechwriter. Oh, my. Well, kind of an old speechwriter. Hmm. Used okay. to write for that ketchup dude. Carrie? Yeah. Well, oh, that'll be boring then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not near as entertaining. <laughs> I wonder, do they actually put the cackles in, Ooh, in and- into the speech, or does she just add those herself? That's an additive. All right. Much more to come. 97.3 The Sky. Hang on.